Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining me on this beautiful day. We've got a fun show today with former BYU defensive back Brian Logan joining me the second half of the show. We'll be talking NFL Draft, 2022 Cougar football, and who he wants to see at next year's alumni game. But first, since the NBA playoffs are going on at the same time as the NFL draft, we'll debate which NBA player we could have that could have been drafted into the NFL. And also, since Elon Musk bought Twitter for over $40 billion, it got me thinking, if you could spend $40 billion on something sports-related, what would it be? And to join me in this discussion today is the wonderful David Phillips Jr. What's up, Jr.? Not too much. Not too much. Yeah, I like the idea of having $40 billion to spend on anything. It sounds a little overwhelming, but yes, I uh, I would love a little bit more money for sure. All right, the NFL draft has been going on this weekend where you get to see some of the best athletes in the country get their name called. And one thing I really think is cool about football is the players come in all shapes and sizes. And I mean, sure, if you're like 5'8 and buck you you're probably not going to make it to the next level. So, Junior, in your opinion, which NBA player do you think could have been drafted in the NFL? I think the easy, obvious one is LeBron. Just his size, strength, um, agility, and stuff. He'd make an unbelievable tight end. But I'm also thinking guys like Giannis, uh, who is obviously going to be super tall. You can just throw it up. He can jump. He's super coordinated. Great hands. Big hands. Can catch anything. So, LeBron, the obvious one, but I think like a Giannis would be super fun to watch. What's scary about LeBron and Giannis is they are crazy fast for how big they are. And that, because obviously for me, LeBron was one of the first ones I thought of because of his physique. He's just tall and he's strong. He's got big hands um, and he would be a phenomenal tight end. And they are so fast. So I, I think that's a really good one. One of the other ones I thought of, if we're going old school, is John Stockton. That man, Jr., had eyes in the back of his head. He's only 6'1", so he's decent-sized, but I think he could have been an elite quarterback in the NFL. What do you think about John Stockton? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, awareness, situational awareness and everything as a leader, he would have been fun. He would have been great. And, you know, with that, Carl Malone at tight end would have been fun, too. <laughs> Because you know he could run through some people and get open. Even if he wasn't open, he would uh, he could post Stockton stuff to, and get Stockton the ball. to Malone in the NFL. That would be something to see. I like it. Yeah, I like that it too. I, I also I also thought of Steve Nash because he was one of my favorite point guards to watch, and I just feel like that translates so well to the quarterback position. Plus, he's six three. Uh, a little bit of a thicker guy. I think he could have been really well done really well. All right, you guys said on Twitter. Uh, if we are talking current, then I would go Giannis, like Junior said. I think he could play tight end or defensive end or John Morant as a receiver or something. He's just so crazy athletic. Or Steph Curry. He's such an accurate shooter. Maybe he could be an accurate passer. <laughs> That's so true. There you go. It's And honestly, if we're being honest, some of these athletes, they're just athletes, period. So they could play a lot of different sports. It just depends on what they choose. You know what's interesting about LeBron is – as big as he is and as much as we think he'd be good in the NFL and playing football, I remember him saying years ago that he didn't want his kids to play. He said, I do not want my kids playing football. So 
So uh, hmm. we're never going to see a James playing football, and that's all right. All right, someone else said, I think Carl Malone would have been an amazing defensive end in the NFL. Hashtag Hardys. <laughs> Allen Iverson has <laughs> amazing football highlights, and he would have been interesting in the NFL too. I like that. I, I think those everyone's kind of thinking along the same lines. You think of the thick, big guys. You can even think like Charles Barkley probably would have been decently good as well. Um, and Junior, speaking yeah. of the NBA playoffs, yeah, you know what, though? Shaq probably would have been a great lineman. That I actually yeah. can totally see. He he would have done really well. Um, speaking of the NBA playoffs, I've seen a lot of criticisms going around about players and coaches and a lot of fans hating on the Utah Jazz. I'm sure you've seen that, Junior. Do you think the fans deserve to be as harsh of critics as they are? Because, I mean, Twitter just changes the game um, of just everyone thinking they can say whatever they want. And there's so many harsh criticisms on these players, not just the Utah Jazz, but all throughout the NBA. Do you think fans deserve to be as harsh of critics as they are? Um, I mean, I guess you can you can have your own opinion, but it's it's interesting when you've got the anonymity of, of Twitter, you, you kind of feel that invincibility that you can say whatever you want. But if you know, you're there in person. You're not going to be saying the same things. I right. think people need to to chill out on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they should be able to have that opinion, but I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> Keep your opinions to yourself. Really, and I'm with you. I, I like that people have a voice and can say what they think, and and uh, I just think it can get you in trouble. I, I think especially when you are not an expert on the subject, you are the one sitting on the couch watching. It's, it's some of these people have very, very harsh criticism. So I'm with you. I wish people would, would back up a little bit. All right, coming up, we're getting the down low from below former BYU DB Brian Logan up next on Cougar tailgate. back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. He played defensive back for BYU in 2009 and 10. He's been a regular on BYU TV sports for several years, and he is one of my favorite guys. Brian Logan is here with me now. What's up, Brian? You know, much, you, know you are one of my, my favorite persons as well. I, I, really, I really appreciate you. You always uh, put a smile on my face and always bring good energy, so happy to, to be around you. Once again, even though it's it's more digital, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is more digital, but I appreciate that. And especially because you and I were just talking about how old we are and how tired we are. So it's really, really nice to hear that I can bring some positive energy, you know, because I have very little energy and you can relate, right? Yeah. Yes, I, I, I can relate. Um, I think, you know, one thing, too, with us just getting old, you know, we have kids. And so... Um, that probably takes a lot of the energy away from us. So maybe I want to rethink this and say, it's not because I'm old, but it's because I have kids. <laughs> That's, I mean, there's no probably about it. That's 100% true. All right, well, let's talk about the alumni game that happened a couple of weeks ago. 
I was hooked. I, I was going to turn it on and just kind of skip through the highlights. I ended up watching the entire thing because it was so entertaining and so much fun to watch the interviews. What was it like for you, Brian, playing in Lavelador Stadium again with some of your buddies and some of the BYU greats? Uh, you know what? Words words really can't describe. It was a uh, it was a it was a surreal feeling um, to 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 go back and and have the opportunity to compete again in the stadium. I think a lot of us when we started seeing stuff on social media and started to see that you know that the hype that Max was bringing, um, all the announcements you know was was pretty cool and, and creative. But then I think the biggest thing for us was that it was going to be played in the stadium. And, and we all kind of, you know, talked and said, look, we have an opportunity to, to be in the stadium again, but compete, <laughs> you know, not just be in the stadium and, and watch, watch the games or, or, you know, have any event, but we get to put the cleats on. So I, th- I think it was, a, it, was, it was a no-brainer for a lot of us. And um, I, I think what was really cool was the amount of respect that we all had for each other. You know, there were some of the players that were a little bit older, that I had no idea who they were, <laughs> absolutely none. And, and and you gotta remember, you know, I, I became a BYU fan in 2009, right? So a lot right. of the, the the alumni, they've been, you know, fans since, you know, they were in the womb of, the, you know, their mother's womb, they, you know, they came out, uh, you know, repping the Y. And so with me, you know, there's a lot of catch up to play. And there's some guys that would come by and say hi, say what's up, and, and just really voice their appreciation of, of just how I played. So. That made me feel really good. Uh, it made me feel that, you know, what I did was was really, um, uh, you know, based off of the foundation that those guys laid. So that was that was cool. And then overall, I, I think we just felt really accepted. You know, I think especially the guys like myself who played under Broncos, kind of kind of this weird scenario, right? Whenever a new coach comes in, it's like, uh, are we welcome? Are we not? And I think right. uh, Klein did a really good job of, of just saying, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm like you guys. I'm an alumni as well. Uh, you guys are welcome anytime. So uh, overall, it's a great experience. Oh, gosh, I love that guy. So I think it was Tom Homo or somebody that had to talk to everyone before and and to remind everybody, like, look, this is you're all old. <laughs> this is an alumni <laughs> game. Let's not get too competitive here. But once you were on the field, and I know and from just watching, it seemed like everyone did a good job of toning things down. But could you sense a little of that competitiveness still on the field? Oh, yeah. I'm not, look, I, I'm not going to lie. I came into the locker room. I had two bottles of pickle juice. And I was like, look, I'm pl- <laughs> it's going down. I'm playing. And, and, and then when everybody kind of saw... <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think Nixon David had some icy hot or he had the the massage like the massage gun. So we we all we, I'm not lying. David to Nixon. We, we, yep, David Nixon had had the massage gun. <laughs> so we so we were all like all of us in this group of, of uh, I don't know maybe ten of us uh, passing around the pickle juice, sipping it, um, getting the icy hot, putting icy hot <laughs> into those backs, <laughs> and then using the massage gun. It was. It was hilarious because we, we kind of, once we got around each other, we were like, oh, it's going down. It was like, yeah, you yeah. know, and, so, and so, some guys would come over and be like, you know what, guys, just take it easy. And we're like, yo, don't come over here with that energy. Like, we, we tr- we're we trying to dominate, you know, we're on Max team, Max back. Like, we're trying to dominate. And we get out there, and I'm just speaking for the Navy team, right? We get out right. there, and yeah, I think it was the middle of the, second, of the first quarter. I, I made a play on the ball, dropped the interception, started cramping up, and... I looked, I came up to the sideline. I was looking at everybody else. Everybody was gassed. I mean, like breathing and struggling. And then we, we kind of realized like, yo, 
why is the other team, why are they good? And we started looking really close. They were actually rotating like every other, like they were going like two plays and then rotating. So you had like uh-huh. D linemen, you had receivers that were playing, you know, defense and offense. So I was like, yo, right. that's the formula. But by the time we figured it out, because us, right, us, right, on the Navy side, we were going every play, every drive, right? And so by the time we figured it out, it was too late. So that's why we came out really, really fast <laughs> and strong. But we tapered off at the end because, you know, we were trying to, we were trying to relive the glory days. I'm not going to lie. I can't, I can't believe you still cramped up even after drinking all that pickle juice, Brian. What the heck? I should have been, you know, what? I should have been selfish and, and uh, just kept it to myself. But I thought, you know, what would, but, what would Jesus do? You know, I, it, when right. I played, I actually had my own bottle. I literally had my own bottle. And I said, Brian's pickle juice with tape on it. So that's how much I need it. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. It really was so much fun to watch. So, there were a couple notable guys that were not playing, and I'm sure a lot from your era playing under Bronco Mendenhall next year, because it seems like you guys are going to be doing this year after year because it was so successful. Who do you want to see come play in the alumni game next year that wasn't there this year? Yeah. Um, I, you know what? So I saw Andrew Rich. I saw his announcement. I would – I would lo- so I saw Brandon's too, Brandon Bradley. I call him Grandpa B. Um, but he, he, I would, I would love to play with Andrew again. Um, you know, and I thought, I thought when I saw him, uh, when I saw his announcement, how cool it was going to be for me and Andrew and then Brandon to, to play together. So I would, I would say, I would say Andrew, he's, he's my right hand man when I played, uh, got me out of a lot of, uh, situations it made me look really good and so it, it would it would be a pleasure uh to to play with him again i love it let's make that happen next year all right the nfl draft is happening right now brian how invested are you in the draft each year like is it something you care about and you watch um personally not really um as an analyst yes <laughs> you know right um and i, I think even more so from a alumni standpoint i'm i'm invested um I, th- I think when i left a big gap that i seen when it when it came to recruiting wasn't necessarily the honor code everybody thinks that the honor code is is the reason why kids don't come i think that's the case when it's five-star guys having multiple right. offers to alabama florida state etc but you know the, the the middle tier type of guys, three stars, maybe even some four star kids. I you know I believe easily BYU can get. Um, and the gap that I seen was was well, guys aren't going to the next level, right? And mm-hmm. and so to me, it's 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 important. Um, I believe that there should be tons of resources um, that's dedicated for the players and developing them in programs to get them to the next level. Uh, for that very reason. And and when you can establish that, that pipeline from, you know, college to the NFL, going into these kids' uh, living rooms and letting them know, look, you have an opportunity to go to the NFL. Look what we've done over the past couple of years. You know, look at our resume and look at some notable guys. Um, so it just helps with, with the recruiting. And again, if you can mm-hmm. have that to be consistent where you have, you know, three, four-star guys from high school coming to the program and then developing them, those guys and going to the NFL, uh, you know, you, you're talking about a, a lot of successful seasons. And you, I mean, BYU had the most draft picks last year than they've had in like over a decade. But this year, 
it's kind of Tyler Algier is kind of the biggest prospect for BYU. When you watch him or you watched him play last season, the last couple of seasons, how do you feel about his chances of making it in the next level? You know, at, at first, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure how I felt. I, I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't sold. Um, actually, you know what? Maybe I wasn't sold. Um, I, I think it had to do with with the, the COVID year and the, the schedule, right? Um, those type of, of, of plays that he was making, it, it's to me, it's like, oh, oh okay. I, I, it makes sense. I mean, when I played against Wyoming, I had inter- two, three interceptions. When I played against right, right. TCU, if we were to say, I was giving up touchdowns. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> you know, ha- having that perspective personally, I, I, I think I wasn't sold. But then when, when he was, uh, you know, continuing to, to, to put forth that effort, and still making DBs look slow, uh, linebackers, you know, look small when he was running over them. I was like, man, okay, this is this is, this kid is the truth. He could, he didn't play at the next level. Um, and and so what really stands out to me is that uh, his his agility in between the tackles, um, his vision, probably number one thing. Uh, he's patient, and I think those are the the ingredients that you need. I, I, you know. Thinking about Jamal when he was coming out and, and, and getting drafted, the biggest thing was the the patience and the vision. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, patience to 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 let your blockers block and be able to read where your holes are, um, and then you know the 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 vision from that, and then the burst of speed. So I I, I think what if he lands in a good situation, uh, meaning a team. Um, can literally, or, or I would say, use his uh, his skill set um, where it's a great match. I think the biggest issue with any team and player is the scheme. So if, if you're a certain, if you're a player with a certain skill set, and you go to a team that doesn't support that uh, that skill set, they have a different scheme. Mm-hmm. It's just not a, it's just not a good match. I mean, it's like you know uh, a bad you know first first blind date or something. You know, um, <laughs> it's just not gonna it's just not gonna work. Right. So. Right. Um, I, I think if a team can 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 say, okay, we have this type of scheme and his skill set, um, you know, really matches with ours, then then I think that's when he'll have a, a bright and long future in the NFL. I like that you compared him to Jamal Williams because both Tyler and Jamal, they're not the fastest running backs you're gonna find, right? Like they're quick, obviously. They're they are quick guys, but but some of these running backs are just running these insane speeds. But I like that you said what sets them apart is their vision and their patience. And I think that's something that Tyler really does have. But also to his benefit is that he's played on the defensive side. And I know I heard some scouts kind of talking about that. And he was asked, Tyler was asked, like, if you were drafted, would you be willing to play on the defensive side? And he's like, well, absolutely. I just want to (laughs) play. So, Brian, do you think because he has those defensive skill sets as well, does that kind of set him apart do you think to some of these recruiters um it potentially it could i think you know on on paper directly maybe going uh, yeah just just analyzing him as as his body of work his um you know his measurables stats height weight etc uh probably not so much but i think if it were to come down to him you know tyler and somebody else head to head i think that definitely does give him the edge um, yeah. especially where he's projected, right? If you, if you're looking at third, fourth round, um, 
those guys, you know, potentially being a running back, you have an opportunity to, to get some playing time because, you know, nowadays, you, you know, we every team just needs so many running backs. So a lot of guys mm-hmm. are, are getting a lot of playing time. But um, majority of those guys on that roster, they're playing multiple positions. So they're playing their position. They're playing, you know, multiple positions and the special teams, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So a guy that can uh, add the most value to an NFL team is somebody that can play as, you know, multiple positions. So when, when a, a recruiter is, or when a scout or a team is, when they're looking at a, a guy and how much value he adds, um, not most guys can say come out of college that, hey, I could play both sides of the ball. So I think in that, in that perspective, head to head, if everything with him and another, you know, running back coming out is identical, like height, weight, speed, I think, you know, the, the fact that he can play on the other side will give him that edge. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately for BYU, they're going to be Tyler Algier less in 2022. And uh, that, that does create a little bit of a hole. They, they have had some good um, recruits come in from other schools. So BYU has cracked the, the top 25 in some of the preseason polls. Do you think that's a good spot for them, Brian? Do you think they deserve to be in the top 25? I think they I think they should be in the top 15 actually. Um Whoa. that that wouldn't that wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't I mean I would almost be upset <laughs> if if uh you know if if they weren't getting the recognition cuz I think that at that at that point it comes down to just the the lack of respect. Um you know you, you look at the at the covid year I think the covid year put BYU on the map nationally. Um, and then I think, I think analysts were saying, okay, well, what, what happens now? You know, you have Zach gone, uh, you have a better schedule and then look, you know, what they did, they performed, they exceeded expectations. And so to me, that's enough time for the brand of BYU football to, to be seen as a legit, uh, program. Right. And mm-hmm. and so now, when you think about all the the, the starters uh, returning, especially you know at the quarterback position, that that's really where a lot of the weight, at least from my understanding, a lot of the weight um, of of where these rankings come is you know what they what they do last year, uh, how many of those guys last year are coming back, and then you know is the quarterback coming back? Um, and so you know when you look at uh, the the criteria to be ranked in the top 15 or top 25 BYU checks all those. So again, if they're not, <laughs> that's, it's, it's just, it's, it's really disrespectful. And that's why I said right. I would be upset uh, because sometimes, you know, personally, and I'm not LDS, right. But sometimes it's like, I would guarantee we'd be ranked in the top 10 if we weren't <laughs> a Mormon school, you know, it's, it's just, <laughs> I, I just, I feel that way. I'm, I'm and, and I can say that because I'm not LDS, but I, I love, I love it here in Utah. I love you know, the church and, and, and the community environment. And so I'm like, man, we just don't have respect just because, you know, uh, we're a, a church institution doesn't mean that we don't like to get at, after and be aggressive and still knock right. you in the mouth, you know, within, within the rules though, you know, so, so, so yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> we'll help, we'll help you up after. <laughs> right, exactly. And we'll pray for you too. If you need to get, you know, if you need to get baptized, we'll dunk you as well, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ryan, you you are the best ambassador for BYU. I'm serious. Well, you, you mentioned Jaron Hall. You didn't say his name specifically, but that the quarterback was coming back. Jaron Hall is obviously a big reason that BYU, especially their offense, could have a lot of success in this upcoming season. When you look at the schedule, 
and the team that BYU has put together for the 2022 season, what gets you most excited? Ooh, you know, I, I think, I really think Jaron does. Jaron gets me the most excited. Um, I remember in the middle of the season, I, I went up on set with with Uncle B and and Dave and 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 David, and um, Uncle B was like, "Do you know he this this kid is is only a sophomore?" And I and I, and I was like, "Wait a minute! Oh yeah, I, I do remember that, but he doesn't play like it." And 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 you would you know at at times last year seeing him, it was like, "Man, this is going to be gone," you know, because of the the maturity that he brings and and the leadership. And, you know, whenever you can have somebody at that position with that skill set that is as poised as him, um, it's, it's, it's kind of scary uh, for, for a defense. And so now he has a, a full year under his belt as the starter, as the guy. We've seen the success. You know, he, he beat Utah's uh, for the first time you know, since Moses part of the Red Sea. And I mean, I mean, you see all these, <laughs> you see all these things that he did and uh, it, it just, it, it gets you that much more. <laughs> Sorry, I just, you know, I, I, I reference a lot of- No, lot it's of true. But, uh, it's absolutely true. <laughs> oh my you know gosh, what, speaking yeah. about being, oh, I was on the last thing that beat Utah. So I could, you know, I could, I could say that yeah, and, you can and say validate. That. Well, don't, don't say it's when yeah. Moses part of the Red Sea. That is, that is aging you. Well, you know what? It, really it, just, it validates it validates the the conversation we had earlier about us being old. So you know, um, <laughs> that's true. We, but but we just brought a full circle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think I think Jaren seeing 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 Jaren um, perform last year, and then you know, I, I think the anticipation of what can he do this year. I think the expectations are high, not in a way where there's there's pressure. Uh, and like negative pressure, but but it's like you know what you you set the bar high for yourself based off of you know the body of work that you produced last year. So I'm excited to see what what he can do this year. Yep, absolutely, I agree with you, and I hope he stays healthy. Brian Logan, former BYU football standout defensive back, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. We need to do this more often. Yep, anytime. You have my number. <laughs> Let me know. All right, you got it. All right, thanks, Brian. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Brian Logan and David Phillips Jr. for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.